P-S-N-Y. out there trying to save the New York Jets and you know it's been very time consuming because as we all know they're pretty bad so he's out there he's trying to figure out ways to make them better he's out there changing the world he's out there putting great stuff out on elite sports New York so for now you got your boy Dotto we're going to talk about some week six seven my bad DFS plays in football we're then going to kind of, I'm going to talk to you guys a little bit about what direction the podcast is going because there are hundreds and dozens and dozens and hundreds and dozens more fantasy sports podcasts that have to do with football. Basketball, the NBA starts Wednesday. And actually, Tuesday. Wednesday's first big slate. Tuesday's um, some. You got the Lakers and Clippers, and you got another game going on. I haven't quite looked at it yet because it's about to be a grind. What I plan on doing for you guys with this podcast is. About a 20 to 30 minute daily, if there's more than like five or six games on the NBA slate, I'm going to put out a podcast that help you guys with the DraftKings, with the free agent pickups, with the FanDuel, and just try to build up something here where we can get a good fan base, where we can get reliable listeners, where I can give you guys advice and help you guys win in basketball because basketball is the most fun to me. I love the NBA. It's great. There's nonstop action every night. And to me, the NBA is the absolute best. So what we're going to do, first DFS, NFL, then we get into my plays for basketball, just on a kind of a season-long kind of aspect. And then that's what it's going to be for today. On Wednesday, I'm going to put out another show, and that's going to be a long, hopefully, line of me putting out 20 to 30-minute podcast to help the DFSers out there in the NBA world because it's mostly just people playing with computers and not really looking at their lineups and max entering. So I'm going to talk to you guys about some strategies about how to be successful because that's where I've been successful in DFS to most has been the NBA. So I want to help you guys. So right now, talk about some weak you know, plays that I like this week. In the NFL, we have Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals going against the New York Giants. Now, I have no problem if you want to stack this game on any aspect of this game that you can get because there's going to be a ton of points scored or two bad defenses. Kyler Murray is my main dude this week. 6,700 DraftKings. He's like, I believe he's only one out of two or three quarterbacks that have scored 16 fantasy points in every game. It's not going to stop now. He's he's running. He's got, I mean, he's he's averaging from 16 to 31 fantasy points exactly what you want. Um... He pretty much only has two options on his offense. It's David Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald. So if you want to double stack him with that, I don't have a problem with that because no one on the Giants will be able to stop either one of them. And I'm I'm banking on Kyler Murray being the top scoring guy this week. My next guy, I really, really, I don't think he's really a sneaky play anymore, but I love him if you've been reading my stuff or listening since week one is Josh Allen. Again, 
The Miami Dolphins are just awful. You can take advantage of them running the ball, passing the ball. And the great thing about Josh Allen is he does both. And he does both. He runs the ball really well. Passing still really hasn't been really consistent, but he's been he's been above average NFL quarterback. And fantasy terms, he's been great. If you're going to play Josh Allen, which I highly recommend, pair him with John Brown and just ex- enjoy the explosion that Josh Allen's going to go off this week. Other quarterback plays I like Aaron Rodgers, Daniel Jones again against the same Arizona, the Cardinals defense, that's awful. And Gardner Minshew, 5,400, coming off a bad week. I love targeting guys that come off bad weeks. Running back, it's tough paying 8000 for a running back, and I really don't like it considering he's got a pretty good backup at Alexander Madison. But Dalvin Cook, 8000 going against the Detroit Lions. Um, they are averaging 20 fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. And they just gave up a combined 35 fantasy points to the Green Bay Packers. Little duo of Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. Dalvin Cook's going to smash. I think Madison's going back to maybe getting four to five touches again because that game against my Philadelphia Eagles was ugly, so they gave him a little bit of run. Dalvin Cook, the main dude this week. Josh Jacobs going against Green Bay. As we know, Green Bay just gets slaughtered by opposing teams' running backs. They're averaging, the Green Bay Packers defense is averaging 23 fantasy points to running backs, and that's not going to change this week against Josh Jacobs. It's only 5000 on DraftKings, which is a huge price mistake. At 29 touches last week, I think, I don't know if he's going to get 29 again, but 25, 20, and at that price, he's going to smash. Um, elite matchup, good price. He's one of the few running backs that don't really share the ball that much, and that's what you're kind of looking for when you pay for, I mean, 8000 that's what you're looking for, but at 5000 at that price tag, sign me up all day. Other running backs like Saquon. 8,900, kind of obvious. And Leonard Fournette going against the weak Cincinnati Bengals. Cooper Cup is another guy I love going against the Atlanta Falcons. He had an off week last week. It was one of five fantasy points. But if you guys have seen whoever the Falcons go against, they get slaughtered. They get give up points left and right. Cooper Cup, 7,400. If you're going to pay up for a receiver this week, Cooper Cup's the guy for me. Um, T.Y. Hilton going against the Houston Texans. His price really doesn't make sense at 5900 on DraftKings. He is the number one target in that offense. Houston's secondary really doesn't scare me that much. And Jacoby Brissett, when Hilton's on the field, he's looking for him. T.Y. Hilton, 5900 you get number one receiver targets and production. T.Y. Hilton's the guy to go. Other guys are like Allen Robinson, John Brown, I mentioned before. Mike Wallace on the Chargers is only 4600 He's more of a touchdown guy, but he's... Starting to develop his game a little bit. The first round pick out of Clemson. Um, if he gets a touchdown, four catches, and 60 yards, that's a legitimate day, and I can easily see him getting that in the Chargers offense. Now, tight ends. There's a quite a few plays I really like this week, but the main guy I'm really looking to get in my lineups is Darren Waller going against Green Bay. Um, Green Bay, it looks like a tough matchup. It really does. The Packers have only given up an average of four fantasy points per game to opposing tight ends, but this is where his stats can be misleading. Darren Waller has become the number one offensive passing threat in the offense. Didn't really make much sense there, but you guys know what I'm trying to say, but Tyrell Williams is out right now. So there's really, he's going to be the main guy. Tyrell Williams isn't there to really take away any 
touchdowns from him, which is where all of his values come from this year. And when the Packers have gone against tight ends that are actually featured in offense, which has only been once, so five out of their six matchups, the teams they go against really don't feature the tight end. They give up 65 yards and seven receptions to Zach Ertz for 13 and a half fantasy points. Um, I'm expecting that about Waller, another seven for maybe 80, maybe 90 yards. Scores a touchdown that's over 20 fantasy points at 4,700. You got to love that price. Hunter Henry went absolutely bonkers last week with 33 fantasy points. Eight receptions, 100 yards, two touchdowns. I'm not expecting that monsters of a game. Even if you cut that in half, if you have four for 15 and a touchdown, still a monstrous day. Four grand against the Titans, which I don't think anybody knows who the Titans are. I mean, there's weeks where when they're favored, they crap the bed. When they're underdogs, they come out and fight. So, yeah, Hunter Henry, 4,000. He's one of Philip Herbert's favorite targets in the red zone. So, Hunter Henry is a great play this week. Other guys I like, Evan Inger coming back from injury. TJ Hawkinson, 3,600. That's more of just a punt play. And keep an eye on the Green Bay Packers receivers. Geronimo Allison just got upgraded to questionable, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling is questionable. One of them is time. I would highly recommend playing the one that's playing, because Aaron Rodgers really doesn't have many offensive weapons to throw to. Defense is pretty simple this week. Buffalo Bills going against Miami Dolphins. That's what I've done every game this year. Who are the Dolphins are playing? That's the defense I'm plugging in. The Dolphins are allowing fantasy defenses to score 16 fantasy points per game. That's unbelievable. So you're pretty much paying below $4,500 every week for a defense and are getting 16 points. It's hard not to cash when you're getting 16 or more fantasy points from defense. Buffalo Bills is a top 5-7 to seven unit this year. Love, love, love this lineup. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick's better than Josh Rosen, but again, he doesn't have any weapons. And we've seen in the past where we've seen Fitzmagic where he goes bonkers. And then we've seen four picks in the first half, and it's just a mess. I'm not going with four picks, but maybe two picks, a defensive touchdown, and about five or six sacks. Monster game for the Bills. San Francisco going against Washington. I mean, Washington is the only team in the NFL that has, I'm going to put in air quotes here, a homecoming that they do once. This is this week, but San Francisco has been elite this year. They've given up a total of 10 points over the last two weeks, and one was against the Rams and the Browns. Well, against the Rams and the Browns, and Washington's not even on the same level of offense as those two. Offensive line, Trent Williams still isn't playing, so it doesn't matter who they throw back there. They're going to get pummeled by the San Francisco 49ers defense. Really, really, really like San Francisco. Um, Either one should score over 15 fantasy points this week between Buffalo and San Francisco. You can also play the Bears and the Rams. I like both their defenses. Jalen Ramsey has a lot to a defense when you can lock down an opposing team. Number one, 2,700 is the Rams defense, and 3,000 is the Bears. Now, those are my fantasy plays that I like for DFS this week. Let's talk basketball. There's not a lot of reliable sources out there for basketball. I've been doing research. I've been a diehard basketball fan. And there hasn't been somebody that can give everybody daily or four or five days a week of just reliable information for DraftKings and FanDuel. And I'm looking to be that guy. Again, I've been pretty successful in the NBA DFS world. And I'm going to start sharing some of my secrets with you guys about who to pick on each night. You know, the back-to-back things and all that. We'll get into that the first episode or maybe the second or third when teams start playing back-to-back. But for now, we're going to talk about... My season-long rankings, which I put them up on Fantasy Pros. I don't know if they posted them yet. Um, I'm hoping they did because I think I 
made a pretty good rankings overall. Now, for season-long league, it really depends if you're playing points or categories. I'm going to go categories here just because I love points, but it's hard to find a points league. Right now, my season-long number one player, you have the number one draft pick, which I have a pick. I have a draft tonight. I have the 12th, which I actually like in the NBA. But Stephen Curry is my number one player. With no Clay Thompson for at least half the year, I don't think they're rushing him back. But the big thing is no Kevin Durant. He Kevin, Kevin Durant's a great player. Love watching him play. But it's really stapped Stephen Curry's night-by-night NBA kind of production. Still putting up elite numbers, but he hasn't had the monster games when KD and Clay were out there. Maybe in league history, you're going to do that. Um, Steph's going to be an elite source of scoring three steals and assists. I'm projecting him to about 32 points per game, five rebounds, seven assists, and two steals. Again, he doesn't really turn the ball over a crazy amount. That's what kind of separates him from me and James Harden. James Harden averaged five turnovers a game, which really hurts, especially in a points league. So if you think about it this way, James Harden will average anywhere from like eight, seven to ten fantasy points a night just from assists. If he has five turnovers a night, anyway, seven assists, that's cutting that basically down, number down to two. So that makes a pretty big difference when the guy's dropping 30 points a night, having five rebounds and two assists. I just like Steph Curry's my number one guy this year. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I mean, there's nothing you can say about this guy. I mean, his only weakness is his shooting. But if you want to take him first overall, I'm really not going to blame you. The guy is an absolute stud. He's matchup proof. He plays the three, plays the four, plays the one. He even plays the five. The guy's great. He had 28, 12, 6 in, per game last year. I mean, I think he's going to put up similar numbers. I mean, that system they have in Milwaukee pretty much favors him and it evolves around him, which is great. If he can add a little bit more of his three-pointers and a little bit better foul shooting and field goal percentage. I mean, his field goal percentage is pretty good, considering he scores most of his points in the paint. Um, expecting his numbers to get a little bit better. 29 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 assists, and 2 blocks. Again, you want to pick him number one, I really don't have any problem with it. But I think there's more depth at small forward and power forward than there is at a reliable point guard. And it seems crazy since it's a point guard-driven league. But just trust me, once you get deeper in these drafts and you're looking for point guards and you got to settle with a Spencer Dinwiddle, Dinwiddle, Dindoodle, Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie, and then you got the Ricky Rubio. Those guys are solid, like number two, probably number three point guards in your team. But when they can't give you elite production every night like Stephen Curry again, but then you can find a player like an Aaron Gordon who can give you like 16 and 7 in a later round. That's one reason why I like Steph Curry more than most. Um, my number three player heading to the year is definitely... Uh, and the man James Harden was his bad man last year. Put up 2K-like numbers, averaging over well over 30, 35, 36 points a night. The addition of Westbrook isn't really too concerning with me. I think it's actually going to help him a little bit. I think he's going to be a little bit more efficient. He doesn't have to force as much. You can say what you want about... Chris Paul, I don't think he's very good at basketball. I think he's one of the most overrated players in basketball history. But Westbrook's going to help him. He's going to take the load off him. He's not going to average the amount of points. I wouldn't be shocked if his points per game went down to 27, to 28, 29, which is still amazing, but it's a huge drop-off of his production last year. Love James Harden as a top-five pick. He's my number three guy heading into the year. You know, he's going to you know, he's gonna probably get his 35-5 and five a night, maybe 35-8. and eight. Again, he's an awful defender. He's a guy I like to target. When you play DFS, and I'll get into that again more once we get a bigger slate going, but 
His biggest downfall is 44% shooting from the field and his turnovers, again, like I mentioned, five per game. But he's going to give you about three, four, five three-pointers a game. He's going to give you 30 points. He's going to give you pretty much everything but blocks. So, And his rebounding really isn't that great either. So, again, Harden, a great player, my number three. LeBron, my number four, what's there to say? He gives you elite production. He's going to average 28, 8, and 8 every game. Anthony Davis is going to help him. He's not going to have to force it as much. The biggest problem with LeBron is he doesn't have any guy. LeBron's great no matter what he does. But when he has shooters around him where he can dish the ball and, you know, they can spread the floor, that's when he thrives. It's going to kind of be like a – he's going to have Anthony Davis who's going to clog up the middle a little bit, which might hurt LeBron a little bit. But then again, Anthony Davis can kind of hit that mid-range and dish it out to him, and then he gets out. LeBron's going to have a lot of easy lanes to drive to the basket. But number four guy this year – He's a, he's a great play. I'm hiring on him the most. He's probably going around 8 or 9 in most drafts. The age doesn't scare me. He's LeBron James, guys. He's going to give you elite numbers every night. He's matchup proof. LeBron's my number 4 guy. Um, Anthony Davis is my number 5 guy heading into the year. I really do like AD, but it's so tough. With All right, I'm going to group these two together. My number 5 is AD. And my number 6 is Joel. Joel Embiid. When they play, they're going to give you elite numbers. They're going to give you 30, 15, 5 assists. They're both great players. And if you want to build your fantasy teams around them, that's I, I really can't blame you because I love building my teams with centers and big men and then kind of filling in guards later on, which can get a little frustrating. But when you get a center or power forward that can give you these numbers of Anthony Davis, Dwell Embiid, I absolutely love it. They're always hurt, I feel like. Dwell Embiid has diarrhea every other game. Anthony Davis hurts his fingernail and goes to the locker room every game. I mean, it's just like, it's literally turn on a game. Anthony Davis is heading to the locker room. And in a season-long lead in NDFS, you're like, you got to be kidding me. This guy literally gets hurt, it feels like, almost every game. They're my five and six players overall because per game, they're going to be top five to seven to ten plays every single night. Just the health scares me with these two. If, you, if you're going to stick with them, I don't mind it, but just really have great backups at center and power forward because once they leave your lineups it's going to be devastating now my number seven player is a little bit higher than most in the business most have this guy around 14 or 15 i have him at seven it's russell Westbrook with a with look if i could talk like a human being that'd be great but the dude is just he people will worry that his numbers are going to go down and paul george still average triple double Again, his biggest thing like Harden is just the turnovers, and I think that's going to be Houston's biggest downfall. If they can start minimizing the turnovers, they're going to be such a better team. Because Westbrook is a solid defender. He's going to, you know, he's going to pick off a lot of passes. He's going to get a lot of rebounds. He's going to try to block a lot of stuff. So, again, 24, 25, 10, and 10, or 9, and 9 with a couple of steals and a block a game. Sign me up. Russell Westbrook is very underrated, and I'm hoping I can snag him in my draft tonight at 12 because people are still sleeping on the man. Again, just because you have two elite players on a team doesn't mean you should hurt him. I mean, four out of my seven players playing the same team in AD and LeBron and Harden and um, Westbrook, and it was the same last year with KD and Steph. That doesn't scare me. I like that they have elite talent because opposing teams just can't focus on Westbrook. They can't just focus on Harden, and it's what I love about it. And... I love Westbrook at seven. My number eight guy this year is going to be Carl Anthony Towns. Again, he's kind of banged up. Jimmy Butler really messed with that guy's uh, mental state last year. Now that he's gone, really love Carl Anthony Towns. He shoots a little bit too many threes now, and he's got, starting to get a little fat. 
But, I mean, the dude's just money in the bank. It's going to be him. Andrew Wiggins is a bum. Jeff Teague is average. It, it, there's nobody else in that team that really take away shots from him. So I really, really love Anthony da- uh, Anthony Towns at 7 or 8. My next guy is, uh, is going to be you know Jokic at 9. Love the guy. He's a triple threat every game. Problem with him is, as you, some of you guys who play DFS maybe every day like I do, is he there's games where he only shoots the ball two or three times, and you're sitting there screaming at your screen like just shoot the ball, take over. But again, he's gonna give you fifteen. He's gonna give you ten to fifteen rebounds a game. He's gonna give you anywhere from six to ten assists a night, if not more. He's gonna get some blocks. He's a big fatty, but I got a soft spot in my heart for Nikola Jokic. Uh, Nikola Jokic. I'm, can't really speak right now, Jokic. You guys know what I'm trying to say. You guys got me over there. Now my guy, my number ten guy is probably gonna be a pretty big surprise to most. It's gonna be Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday might be the most underrated player in the NBA, and now he doesn't have Julius Randle and Anthony Davis taking away shots from him. Absolutely love Drew Holiday this year. If he drops 25, seven assists this year, he doesn't turn the ball over. He shoots a high percentage. He's a smart basketball player. Drew Holiday at number ten, love it. Rounding out my top 20, Bradley Beal's 11. Again, no John Wall. Averaged 25, 8, and 8 last year. Dude's a monster. Number 11, absolutely love him. Dame Lillard, again, he's kind of a one-trick pony. He just likes to score, but he has been a better passer this last year. He upped his assist numbers and his rebound numbers. Like him at 12. Um, my next guy is Kawhi Leonard and then Paul George, the Clippers dude, that 13 and 14. Biggest concern is... They're a good team, but they're not as good as everybody thinks they are. Doc Rivers, I think he might micromanage these guys too much, and he might be sitting quiet some nights against bad teams. They might sit Paul George, and when you're, I had Kawhi in a couple of leagues last year because he was going in the mid rounds again, like he was this year. Um, when they play, they're great. They both give you numbers across the board, but. I don't want my top guy sitting out every fifth or sixth game because especially when it comes to playoff safety, he's somehow locked up a two or three seed or a one seed. In the last two or three weeks, they're going to be sitting during the fantasy playoffs. That's going to hurt you. Again, nitpicking, but this is what separates them from you know the Dame Lillard who, who's going to play every game no matter what. My number fifteen is kind of a kind of a reach here. I mean, but I think Devin Booker is just an absolute stud. I think he's he's an elite scorer. The offense revolves around him. Now he has Ricky Rubio. That's going to help because he wasn't as good when he played point guard because, again, he kind of went James Harden on people and just did a lot of iso ball and had a lot of turnovers, a lot of bad shots. Ricky Rubio, you can say what you want about him. He looks like a smelly little Spaniard, but the dude is buckets. And when he can get open because Ricky Rubio can, you know, do whatever he does, I mean, he's still, he can still get his, his shooters open. And I'm expecting Devin Booker to have his breakout year and be an all-star. My top 20 rounded out, Drummond, Vooch, and, uh, Nikola Vucevic, Blake Griffin, uh, Luka Dantage, and Ben Simmons. I think I might be low, too low on Ben Simmons. It's not because of the three-point shot, by the way. That was probably the most annoying trend on Twitter. 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 Twitter when he made a three-pointer and everyone lost their minds. Dude's going to give you 20, 10, and 10 pretty much every game. Love him. But again, in a categories league, if he gives you no three-pointers, he... Can't really shoot foul shots. Um, it kind of hurts him there. But like on a site like DraftKings where you're looking at him to be your cornerstone, I like it depending on the matchup. And that's my top 20. Some players that really stick out to me. I don't like Kyrie this year. D'Angelo's 22nd overall, but I think that's going to be more of a volume thing. I think he's just going to be more of a scorer. I think I'm going to move him down on my list. 
Kyrie is just, he shoots, he shoots, he shoots, he shoots. And make a nice little pass. We're going to do a little jelly finger roll and everyone goes nuts and all the little kids on Twitter love it. But 21, again, it's just going to be a volume thing and I like point guards because, again, the depth gets pretty, dries up pretty quickly. Again, these two might move down my list, but for now, they're my top 25. Gobert, great source of blocks and rebounds and he'll get you 15 points a night. Shoots a high percentage, doesn't turn the ball over. Like Rudy, Kemba's going to go bonkers this year in Boston. Again, we've seen Brad Stevens make a guy look a lot better than he is. I think Kemba's good. He's been a lot of bad Charlotte teams. Now he's got expectations. I think he's going to have a good year. Again, it's going to be a volume thing. Boston is going to try to develop Tatum and Brown and try to get him, you know, a big three-headed monster with them. But I think this year, Kemba, 24, eight assists. He's actually got some people around him, so assist number should go up. And it'll get you two steals tonight. Solid production. Um, Trey Young, I'm a Hawks fan. I got him at 25. He might be a little too high, but I hate his hair. I hate his mustache. But the dude's been kind of wearing on me a little bit. I kind of really like him this year. 25. He's going to be the focal point of the offense. They got Hunter. They got Reddish. They got Collins. Atlanta's got a nice little core there, but I think he's still about a year or two away from being an elite source. Really like Darren Fox at 26. John Collins, again, he's my boy. I love him when the Hawks actually, when he's healthy and they give him starters minutes, he's the man. LaMarcus Aldridge, a boring pick in the third round of drafts this year for me at 28. I guess it's boring to get 22, 8, and, you know, high percentage every night. I love Aldridge. I'm probably going to get him most of my teams because, again, San Antonio just, they when they get a key player, Pop just, you know, evolves the offense around them. Jimmy Butler at 29 and um, Spicy P. Siakam at 30. Jimmy Butler, I just don't like him as a basketball player. He's just kind of a dork. He thinks he's cool and he really is. And then he likes to play hero ball a lot. But late third, early fourth round, if you want to snag him, I think he's going to go back to old Jimmy Butler, not like he was with the T-Wolves and like he was with the Sixers last year. I mean, he's an idiot for leaving the Sixers. They could have won a chip if he stayed. But, you know, that's my top 30. It's kind of giving you guys an insight. I mean, some of the players I like, I like love Julius Randle. DeMar is going to be DeMar. I think Draymond's going to be better. Mike Conley's, eh, Mike Conley's boring. Chris Paul's fat, whatever. Buddy Heald's a good shooting guard. He's going to give you points, really not much else. But he has shown, you know, he's he's more than just a shooter. Kristaps Porzingis is a guy I might reach on. He's got huge potential. Him and Luka Doctage are going to form the great white hope in Dallas. Um, Donovan Mitchell, guy I'm a little bit down on. We'll get into it when we do more DFS. Again, he just scores a lot. He doesn't really do much else. And with Mike Conley there, his shooting numbers might go up. His shooting percentage might go up. But he doesn't do much else but score. But I really like Donovan Mitchell. And then um, we'll get more into, you know, rankings are here and there. They change weekly, especially after the first week or two. We're going to see how, you know, some teams get new systems, new players, and you have to see how they really fit. So, again, I'm going to kind of wrap it up here. Starting Wednesday day. I'm going to put out something probably Tuesday night. It'll be out Wednesday since Robbie's, you know, the brains behind all this. He'll he'll put the podcast out, and we're going to get it out there at Elite. I'm going to put it out at other places just because I want to help you guys win. And I got the winning formula because it's been paying off. I'm a cash game player. Might do a little bit more GPP this year just to kind of, you know, build up that bankroll a little bit. But again, it's the Fantasy Sports Playbook. I'm Dotto. Sable's out saving the world. So I'm hoping to kind of build off that a little bit and hopefully help you guys win some money.
This is Dotto. I'll see you guys.